0: He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull.
1: Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? The thing with uh, Dr. Bust, though, was... He communicated clearly with Kobe. They went out to lunch famously. They went out to lunch and he said, look, man, we, we know that you want to be traded. We, if I could, I would trade you, but the return has to be worth trading you. And until we get that return, uh, and, and I'm sure he was clear I mean, on I what was on honest, the table. This
0: is what Maury has communicated to Harden, but it's not working. It's, like, not yeah, working out because they're not— if but if, not, you, if, but if the, trust the trust is
1: already there. gone, though, yeah, yeah, like, the trust yeah. is already gone, so he can— he's, like, Harden's gonna sit there and be like, you know, are they including Terrence Mann? Are they including Vita Zubats? Like, are they including as many picks as they can possibly move? Like, are you actually being uh, 100% clear on on what you were turning down in order to not trade me? Like once that, once that communication, once that trust is gone, that is really hard to develop again. And, And you know, in the case... Jerry Buss
0: also famously, when he did that lunch, you know what he got called pizza. It's, it's, again, we're finding (laughs) out it's the key. Like
1: that was actually uh, the birthplace of the California pizza kitchen was, was where that. Yeah. Um, Actually,
0: I think it was over. I think they were in like France or Italy or something when they had this meeting, which is It sounds very
1: very uh dr Bus. like it's yeah <laughs> i think it was howard beck was telling me the story of like how <laughs> jim uh doc, not jim jerry was saying that like he wanted everybody to have the same amount of chips and all that stuff and just sit at the poker table and, and play poker against each other and he did that in hawaii where he would take the lakers for for their training cats because he would do hawaiian training cats for the lakers but anyway yeah um like i it, it does. I, I actually
0: I, I came across an incredible Dr. Bus quote uh, what in the course of researching something for our winning
1: time explainers that I can I, I can share it at the end of the show if we have time. Okay. Actually that's but, that's great because I, I do want to talk about winning time to this point. Um, okay. Uh, so anyway, like to, to kind of put a bow on this, I I and i I apologize for like making it somewhat serious here as we talk about the societal impacts of of math people getting involved with sports in ways that they hadn't previously been involved with sports this is this is where it leads to is james
0: harden at a shoe event saying (laughs) daryl Morey's a liar this is the natural end stage of
1: capitalism That's, that's what i thought this is what i thought the whole time yeah yeah as soon as as soon as we had the first corner three uh prioritization i was like look 15, 20 years from now, we are going to see James Harden in China telling a bunch of people being told, uh, you know, they asked him how he was doing and his response was, I hate Daryl (laughs) Morey." I
0: really hope that was the question now. They're like, sir, the question was, is this your handwriting?
1: Yeah. The, um, I, I don't know. Did you ever, you've never watched it. It's an old movie, but, uh, feel the dreams. Did you ever see feel the dreams? No. So uh the main character takes uh I think his name is I know the concept Terrence it's like man. ghost baseball. Yeah yeah but but um so they they they're walking through the hallways of Fenway Park and there um and he's asking him so like you know so what do you want and he like uh James Earl Jones Kevin Costner's character asks James Earl Jones what do you want and James Earl Jones like just dives headfirst into the soliloquy of, of I wanna be left alone. I want I don't want to be considered an important part of society, who is like telling people how to how to like exist and and and, and care about each other, these existential crises. I don't want to take involved. And he's like, no, 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 man. Like, what do you want? Like, what do you <laughs> what do you want to order? He's like, Oh, a hot dog and a beer. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> like, I just picture I picture that with James Hardy. like, all right, james what do you want i want to say that daryl Morey sucks <laughs> um all right let's talk about maybe the, i mean maybe
0: maybe we're all just taking this out of question out of context and daryl Morey had insulted the shoe and so mm. you know somebody was like what do you think of daryl's comments that this is not as good as the Harden volume two and he's like daryl Morey's a liar i don't want to be part of any organization that he's a part of <laughs>
1: I like it. I I do hope that we, like, if... All right, so let's say Harden and the Sixers miraculously figure this out. I do hope we get a quote or a leak from like harden himself or harden's team that says that this video was taken out of context when he's i stopped. need it i need it so bad <laughs> when
0: he saw i love that we've already i mean
1: speaking of agents and
0: all that stuff I, I think james harden uh i i would not be surprised if he ends up if we end up getting news of james harden has switched agencies because uh yeah. we already got the leak today of james harden's agent told him not to
1: do this <laughs> <laughs> oh what if it's like a what a rust thing where the agency actually drops russ Yeah, I mean, look, ooh, that is the late stage of
0: being a star, uh, is your agency letting you go.
1: Yeah. The thing also is that, like, James Harden is, like, the least sympathetic figure possible, right? Like, he has been such an ass for so long, and you have no, like, playoff success to show for it. That, I mean, like that's, now, that's ultimately why
0: this is not going to help make more teams want to trade for him or anything. This is just going to reinforce why it hasn't happened yet is yeah. he's older. He wants a long-term deal that he thinks he's worth that no other basketball team, including his own one, thinks he's worth. And yeah. that sucks for him that there's no one that is willing to give him that. But that's the reality. And now by trying to demand out and, you know, get force your way to some other team that doesn't really have the assets to give up for you and doesn't seem to be all that all in on trading for you in the first place if it's not basically for free... Like, you know, this is why teams are not getting involved in the bidding is because it's like, we're going to have to deal with all this headache and all this stuff. And
1: then in the playoffs, you're not even
0: going to deliver.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and by the way, like if it's like, so let's say the Clippers trade for him, he's going to expect an immediate max extension. Like he's going to expect, like he opted into this thing and he's going to be expecting as much money as the Clippers can possibly give him. But why would the, why would the Clippers or any team max him out at this point of his career? Why? Yeah. Like why? Even why? Ballmer.
0: Even Ballmer. It's like oh, that's a little rich for my blood. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> he
1: bought the Clippers cash, and he's like, "Nope, that's yeah. the step. That's like a step uh, that's a bad investment." You know, like yeah. if
0: Steve Ballmer, it, who paid two billion dollars for the Clippers, is telling you that you're a bad investment, uh, you know. He greenlit the Zune. He paid more than <laughs> the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, for, you know, a team that everyone in its city hates, you know. <laughs> and his. And like, he's like, since, like, James Harden, I don't know if I can invest in
1: that. Terrence he's also man since, like, doubled and tripled down to, like, build a new arena so that, like, people in his toilets. Arena, like, don't— <laughs> Don't actively hate him in the same way that, like, Staples workers, Staples workers, like, treat the Clippers differently, according to Paul's. Do you think they, (laughs) like,
0: just toss their jerseys on the ground or something? Like, they don't even (laughs) hang them up. They're just like,
1: it takes the Clippers like an extra 15 minutes to get ready because somebody like a Clippers employee has to steam the jerseys. Cause they're just sitting there wrinkled on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. I want to, um, I want to talk about, uh, winning time and, um, I, I have not watched it yet. So, all right. Well, for those who have,
0: um, those who have, I, I obviously know what happened. That happens. I have read the book. It is yeah. based on, I'm very familiar with the story.
1: So the second episode focuses on the relationship between Magic Johnson and Norm Nixon. And yeah. um, and I would say like spoiler alert, but like it's in a book and it all actually happened. And you can Google yeah, all yeah. of this stuff. So, Well, but yeah,
0: for anyone me. who's watching the show for the first time, yeah. here you go. Here's your time to get out. We are about to discuss yeah. spoilers about, Take off. about this and story that happened 40
1: years ago. I was going to do Wait, this Wait, no, last you night.
0: titled this thing how the Lakers are going to land Christian Wood because of James Harden. We got to talk about that first.
1: I was talking about it. You were off camera. I said that. I told oh, everybody okay. you could hear me. Did you hear me? Oh, I guess you were fetching I didn't soft. hear that. I mean, the cat right. was trying to kill me while I attempted to pick
0: him up. So, <laughs> I...
1: so, essentially, like, you know, Sparknotes version, this is going to force the Sixers' hands to trade James Harden, which is then going to set the market for Dame Lillard, and they will... You know, then be able to you know send him to Miami as we all expect him to be sent, and once those deals are done, the you know the anticipation or the expectation is that you know the Christian Woods, the Bismack Biambas of the world, will then sign because that's what's holding up the entire league up right now. So, like James Harden making it seem like Wood is
0: probably going to head to the Heat if they don't also have to acquire uh, Nurkic in the deal.
1: Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think Jovan reported that on uh, someone did. Was, I know. I yeah. thought,
0: I, I apologize for um, not attribute. Yeah. That is not my own scoop. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it was Jovan that, re- but yeah. someone said that
1: I, I will say from like what few convers and, and at this point, like it's no point in continuing to have the conversation over and over and over again, but like the Lakers still feel like they have a a decent chance of getting wood, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I, uh, yeah, so winning time, winning time, season two, episode two, uh, focused on the relationship between Norm Nixon and Magic Johnson after Magic came back from injury, um, and uh, it also focused on like the budding relationship between Pat Riley and Magic Johnson as Pat helped Magic come back from injury and mm-hmm. regain some trust in his body there. Um, but like the whole time I was watching it, it made me think of. Uh, magic's approach to Lonzo ball and D'Angelo Russell, when he took over with the Lakers and drafted Lonzo, because the headache that he had while he was with the Lakers and norm was still there was that, um, Paul Westhead kind of sort of like preferred norm in that he could more like easily fit into a system. Whereas like magic Mm -hmm. was the system. And, you know, coaches back then were, uh, had much bigger egos and like, did not like the idea of a player being the system. That was not something Mm -hmm. that they were, that that they were very inclined to participate in. It is funny to think back that there was a time in the NBA when
0: it's like building around our best players and their strengths. I would do that. (laughs) Yeah. Right it doesn't right. fit well, in my idea of how basketball should be played, so I don't want to use the things that he's good at. I just, like, why can't he get better at the things that I want him to do?
1: That's honestly what makes Phil and Pop as brilliant as they are, is that they both yeah. have, like, ideologies about the way that the sport should be played, but they were also flexible enough to, you know, like, the roster that Phil had during the three-peat was very different from the two three-peats that he had in Chicago. And, um, you know, Shaq was a presence that he didn't have in Chicago and tweaking the the triangle to be able to optimize Shaq was something that he was able to do just kind of on the fly. And, and, and in this case, Paul Westhead, um, while magic was out, devised a system, um, that allowed for the Lakers to stay afloat while magic was gone. And then when magic came back was hesitant to, redo like rethink the system that at, at one point won the Lakers a championship as magic was the system. Um, famously with, with magic, you know, jumping center with Kareem out. Right. And, um, anyway, so it like the whole time I was watching it because remember the Lakers draft Lonzo ball and yeah, like they, they put into place, you know, a a, a series of events that would eventually land LeBron, I guess, but, but, and, and that's worth considering, but i always felt like i always kind of wondered if magic moved russell as quickly as he did in some small way because he existed he 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 like lived through what it's like when you have two point guards who are like trying to to figure out how to play together and he wanted yeah. his guy lonzo to be the center of the universe he wanted lonzo to be the system so long as lonzo was you know was capable of being the system and, and yeah, like it's, it's, and, and look, this is a dramatized show and this is, you know, even, <laughs> even the book itself is like, even the book itself is, is, um, told from various standpoints and points of views. Right. But, but it is like, it's impossible to not think of that Lonzo Dilo eventual, like that was a pairing that would have worked. Like, I, I really wish that we, would, we could have seen that, Lonzo being, like, the, the, the better help side defender, D'Angelo Russell being the, the more capable on-ball presence that Lonzo wasn't really interested in being. Lonzo was also a great connective player on offense. Like, we just never got to see it, and I, I, I watching this episode, it made me think, like, we didn't get to see it because of the relationship or the lack thereof that Magic had with Norm Nixon.
0: Yeah, I mean, given what we've seen from Lonzo and D'Lo since that point, I'm not like that heartbroken about it. I, although I was with you at the time that I wanted to see it and I was disappointed that we didn't get to, obviously. I think you and I had like a reaction show where we were pretty despondent. I think the yeah. the cap space ended up helping them sign LeBron because they theoretically could have yep. added a second max or it allowed them to be able to trade for AD in season and all that. stuff. So, you know, I... I even with hindsight being 2020 like i think they made the right decision um, oh yeah yeah i yeah. like i said it it but put, put in place yeah.
1: a series of events it, it, that led to lebron and it's hard to argue with that
0: yeah it's impossible You know, to not think that Magic, you know, and the situation that he went through with Norm influenced that decision, even if part of it was generating the cap space and, you know, all of that stuff. Because, yeah, you know, you said the show's dramatized. It's not that dramatized, you know, for all that the all the Showtime Lakers want to push back on it. These are stories that have been in a book for 20 years uh that there was not a whole lot of pushback on now you know again uh, our our friend mark stein has pointed out how many factual inaccuracies on like small things and whatever there have been like there are things that are dramatized for this show but magic and norm nixon not liking each other was not one of, not them. One of them uh <laughs> those two you know they there was a passage in the book that i was looking at today um spoiler alert uh you know i guess for episode three uh you Maybe. know they they may or may not uh, find their ways to their way to Vegas with dr. bus I think this has already been the preview most likely um but uh you know there was a passage in the book that is not a spoiler alert or breaking any embargoes where they talk about you know magic and norm bonded you know over a trip to vegas with dr bus that he financed and you know paid for everything and they they bonded over that that offseason and their hatred of paul westhead um and so that was like it was hating someone else it was sort of like kyrie irving going to bat for james harden today it's mm-hmm. like only hating their direct manager you know direct managers or whatever was able to finally bring them together um <laughs> You know the stuff from episode yeah. two where Norm is talking about magic in the papers. Norm was also criticizing Westhead repeatedly off the record in the pay or on background in the papers, just like lambasting him in a way that you could not do today, where every scrum is recorded or whatever. But um, that was going on, and even though Westhead sort of liked him, he thought he was an idiot, and he's like, "Yeah, he overcomplicated things. He was a nice guy. Everybody liked Paul personally." This is almost a yeah. direct quote, but he's like, "But yeah, like the system was just like guys moving to places. This was not like yeah. you know rockets science or whatever where he had reinvented the wheel and you know neither of them liked it neither of them were happy with each other not only were they competing for minutes touches who got to be the point guard and floor general they were competing for women and opportunities off of the court you know they really this is not dramatized at all they did not like each other it did not go well um yeah to the point where you know uh, norm gave the quotes that he gives in the paper about magic and to the point where when magic again later a spoiler alert for later on in the season but this is something that happens in the same chapter of the book um, you know where, or I don't know if they'll show this this season. I, I think, think they, they will, showed but where, it. Where was it? Where he, Magic called? demands Westhead get fired?
1: Oh no, that hasn't happened yet. Okay,
0: yeah. Well, that'll yeah. that'll happen at some point. Sorry again, spoiler alert for those of you that mm-hmm. don't know the story of the Showtime Lakers. But that they've, does happen. They've,
1: they've really like they've they've very clearly outlined that that's where this is going because yeah, you see you see the relationship that Magic is developing with Pat, which you know obviously yeah. With, you know, works out for him Which also was there, a too. real
0: thing. Pat was a real confidant for him, you know, during that period um, where yeah. he, even Pat was apparently like a company man. He supported his boss, whatever. But even he behind the scenes was like, why are we not sort of, you know, why are we going away from McKinney system that won us the title? Like, why are we trying to put yeah. in this new thing? And so, you know, when Magic ultimately later on demands that uh, I, I, the reason I bring this up is when he ultimately later demands that West, to, or basically says like, they gotta trade me. I don't wanna play for this guy, you know, all this stuff. The reporters immediately go to Norm because they're like, oh, Norm's going to support him. And Norm hated magic so much by that point <laughs> that he's like, "He's like, yeah, you know, I don't know. They're like, Norm, you've been criticizing him off the record to us all season. And he's like, yeah, but like, and, and Norm was correct in this. He's like, you know, he can say it. And that guy will be gone. But if I say it, I'm cut or I'm traded or I'm whatever. But even still, he was like, yeah, like I'm not magic is going to be all out on his own here. I'm not I'm not lining up behind him, even if I also hate this guy, because I also don't like magic. And it's it's not a functional thing.
1: It's also interesting because in that episode, we find out that magic was given was was made uh, aware of the David Thompson trade. Before uh, Westhead, and that eventually is what leads to Westhead like vetoing the trade with the power that he had as the coach. Um, it, it, that w- it, you know the trade would have sent Norm Nixon to wherever David Thompson was playing at the time, and and you know Westhead was kind of coming around to it, and then he found out that Magic knew about it before he did, and was like, "Nope, absolutely not. We are not doing this now. Veto it. End end talks. We are not making this trade." and 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 yeah like just that that entire headache you know and, and 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 all of that during such a formative time in magic johnson's life like this is one thing that the show has done actually quite well is showing the growth that came from him getting hurt you know the, the his growth as a leader that came from like not being the same athlete that he was once upon a time as he like learns to retrust his body and, yeah. and it's actually been a very fascinating look into the character and not even the char- the person, right? The person here and, and the amount of trust that he develops in Pat Riley. We know, we know where that relationship goes. Those guys yeah. are like brothers, you know, yeah. it, it, it still to this day, 50 years later, whatever. Um, and and, and I, I look at, um, you know, again, you're right. Things have played out how they played out. So, like, at, at this point, it doesn't really matter how we feel about, you know, whether it was right to or not to trade D'Angelo Russell when they did. But it is context that I think is I worth it. I love that th-
0: you're going to be putting D'Lo in the trade machine all season and you're still mad about the first time they traded him. <laughs>
1: I'm not. Look, I'm not <laughs> mad about it. Because, like I said, at the end of the day, they did wind up, like, it. it did allow for— the, the, the events You're
0: that like, led Magic, to you idiot, you should have done this trade. Pulls up at tradeNBA. dot com. Like, <laughs> should have saved him for five years, and then you could trade him for Kyrie. Yeah.
1: Well, he did. He did trade Russell at like a very low point, where like he was like yeah. a salary dump. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, they got Brook Lopez back, uh, which yeah. ended up like they were the only team that
0: I guess like wasn't able to use Brook Lopez as a productive player in his career. Yeah. But shout uh, to Luke. Yeah, shout out Luke. Um, um.
1: But but yeah, I just like this this show um you know i can understand why magic would distance himself from the show because it is going over subject matter and and it's it does sympathetic to magic overall it, it shows the truth
0: but i think yeah you know the, yeah well yeah
1: but the, the truth the, the truth yeah. of the matter like as the he as he, not his
0: image anymore yeah i get it
1: yeah well also also like the truth um like this was one of I wish he would have spent more time on this in the documentary that he made about himself where he like you know i think it was for apple it was like a multi-part documentary i didn't watch and, it and and it got into the relationship that he and and cookie have had over the years right and 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 he like i think it's the real it's the most real point in the documentary he like like kind of cries a little bit and he gets emotional talking about like how he kind of took cookie for granted in 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 spots and i i like a good interviewer or or an interviewer who was allowed to like ask a couple follow-ups there i think could have really gotten some interesting places there with magic and unfortunately it does take an unauthorized version of those events or retelling of those events to get to here where we are in like this interesting spot and we're like like because again he gets hurt and the person he spends a lot of time thinking about is cookie because he knows that like She is important to him being whole in in all this. Like he needs cookie, the person. And, and, um, and in this case, like he, he's learning how much he has to trust Pat and how Pat, like, again, actually bringing this conversation full circle, Pat being a former player, they use that. They kind of, they, they, um, they, they both kind of become confidants with that as the backbone of their relationship, something that he didn't share by the way with Westhead. Westhead was not a former player, did not play at the level that Pat Riley did. He was a theater professor. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it, it, I've really enjoyed season two so far. I've, I've really enjoyed the show to this point. Like I told Jen, we were, I was watching it and she tends to just go on TikTok while I'm watching it. But I was like, babe, I know it's the Lakers. And I know at this point, like you have no interest in Lakers stuff because of my career. (laughs) Um, but it's a legitimately good show. It's like a it is, legitimately yeah. like good entertaining show. No, and, and... I have
0: been, I've been really busy, like sort of prepping for vacation and like with work, but yeah, I'm planning to binge, you know, the episodes that have come out so far. I love season one. This is not me like protesting yeah. cause it's not the real version of history.
1: I just, <laughs> I haven't gotten a chance to, to watch it yet. Um, um, all right. Do you have any, uh, do you have any misfortunes of the week or anything like that. I mean I think I gave my misfortune
0: of the week but I did yes. want to read you um you know this this quote from Dr. Buss just speaking to this era okay. and like how different it was and all of that that I came across while uh doing some like re- winning time research or whatever this was um you know the point where uh Paul Westhead really like fought to uh sign Mitch Kupchak uh to this big contract this will probably come up at some point this season maybe um you know but it, it was uh they were talk- they're talking about Mitch Kupchak and all of this stuff and the Lakers they were ready like they didn't care if they got criticism and complaints from other teams about how much they were spending uh one of the the Sixers GM at the time on the record this is pre anonymous league sources whatever <laughs> you, you he um he said this kind of about the Kupchak signing signing for 8 800,000 uh for a bench player they were the league was extremely upset about this uh Sixers G, then Sixers GM Pat Williams said in an article at the time in the la times this kind of thing frightens me you can't just operate with that kind of economic insanity boy oh boy
1: <laughs>
0: look so I mean, th- this is this is, mitch the context is a pretty that, good player so, but that's a lot of money 800 Whew,
1: for mitch cup yeah yeah
0: so <laughs> they're you know they're they're going through and they're talking about this and the lakers would do financially whatever it took so Pearlman, uh so bus says this to a reporter is Westhead a real genius bus asked we'll find out he asked me to get the talent he wanted it this way now we'll find out what he can do can (laughs) you imagine if an NBA owner gave that quote today in today's day like imagine if Jeannie just like next week didn't enter and Jeannie would never do this she's not that type of personality type but I'm just saying hypothetically like if she just went out and she's like well Rob asked for the money I spent and so we gave him the talent so you know good luck (laughs) let's see if he's a good GM or let's see if darvin's a good coach we went out and spent let's see if darvin's good at his job or not
1: it is funny like they start the season and, and like the first time you see westhead after winning the championship he has this like brand new mullet he's wearing like a nice coat he has all this like swag having won the championship but like really the reality is like jack mckinney was the genius that that like first got it to really click and yeah and, like what was it um was it Pat Riley? I think Pat Riley says this to him. but Or no, no, no. No, actually, it was Jerry West. Jerry West was like you only have that stupid ring because Jack took a digger off of a whatever, bike random bike it was. It was such, like, a perfect Jerry West quote that, ah, uh, yeah. Which is a, not really point.
0: inaccurate of, like, how Jerry West felt about the whole thing. I don't know if, if he actually, like, winning time Jerry West screamed it at him uh, and did it that profanely, he did. but he Jerry did. West, like, is sort of, you know, in the book is this presence of, like, what is going on here? Why Like, why are we doing this? And, you know, that was semi-accurate as well. And, you know, to, to the point that McKinney was the real genius behind it. Like while Pat Riley may have supported Westhead at the time and it's pretty clear that he was or it didn't seem like you know even based on the book's portrayal which is pretty unvarnished about how things went down and you know if people were scheming or doing whatever even that is like yeah he was supportive of Riley or of Westhead at the time. It wasn't this wasn't like Phil Jackson with Doug Collins situation where he's sort of like you know kind of scheming behind the scenes to you know (laughs) uh, like yeah like shank him out basically you know Pat Riley was supportive of Westhead but even he you know when he comes in as the coach eventually he's like we're going back to showtime like we're doing what mckinney wanted us to do he made yeah. some tweets here and there whatever to how he saw the game but it was mostly like we're going back to this running thing that worked really well for us and you know was great uh and even he still leaves mckinney or i guess i I think jack mckinney actually recently passed um or uh, you know he might still be but either way he still yeah. has like all sorts of um i doubt he goes to a lot of nba games is my point but pat riley as of the writing of this book still left mckinney tickets to heat games regularly uh just as like hey like if you want to come out like you know i
1: i credit you a lot for my career in this sort of thing uh mckinney passed away in 2018 um, okay but he did right. he well, did then, live yeah. in in florida um, to your point and, and was able to go to heat games all the way up until yeah. Riley you
0: know. Riley would still leave him tickets regularly at the box office if he wanted to go.
1: Yeah, so they, they actually do. We thought um, highly of
0: him and his basketball mind.
1: Yeah, he. um. So, no, yeah, they, they go to this. They go to the system when magic goes down and they're running to these spots. And then he basically says, like, you get to your spot. If you're in one of your designated spots and you have the ball, shoot it. Right. Yeah. And you wanted to get up as much shots as possible from good spots. To overwhelm teams mathematically, right? Um, I, again, bringing this thing full circle, the math guy not understanding how to talk to people is a trend that that. Like, Paul Westhead you know, was the original. He invented Mori Ball. He, yeah, you know, he just, you he's think, too early. You think Paul Westhead is like sitting here, like like <laughs> dunking on James Harden?
0: <laughs> I keep
1: whining. I mean, fat considering ass. that, yeah
0: yeah i mean considering that like every quote in the book is paul was a nice guy but he wasn't that smart like i don't think that he yeah. sort of got done wrong um but so or at least uh, not not a basketball genius is sort of how the book is portraying him like i mean he may have been smart relatively but
1: yeah like they they go to a practice there's like a scene where definitely they're not a people managing and... genius no <laughs> i don't get that vibe either from him but they uh they um they they go to a one of the scenes is they go to a practice and and um it's like magic's first practice back and he spends like a lot of it with his like palms facing upward like when do i get the ball kind of thing yeah and pat is like on the sideline like hey when are we when are we getting magic the ball again like, is that, yeah, that's going to happen again. What, part, right? what, what
0: step of the system is that? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> If your system is taking the ball out of magic Johnson's hands, I'm willing to go out there on a limb and say it. It's a bad system. It is like, it is
1: funny that like Pat Riley, like to your point earlier, <laughs> Pat Riley, what makes him a genius or was seen as a genius early on as a coach. So he was like, Hey, can we get magic the ball? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, now, like- a revolutionary
0: stance at the time of <laughs> like, hey, maybe our best players should touch the ball as much as possible. Right. <laughs>
1: Just shows how far we've come.
0: All right, that is going yeah.
1: to do it here for this I mean, episode. Pat, had,
0: Pat, had, Pat didn't have all good ideas. He had some bad ones, like, you know, yeah. we're going to run, like, three hours of wind sprints in the finals uh, and injure, you know, our star player. But he had some good ones, too. He, I'd say on balance, Pat Riley made more good decisions in basketball than bad. I'm willing to say that, too. Still to this day, pretty good executive, Pat Riley. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we'll we'll see this summer. His legacy's on the line. Like, can uh, did he let all of his free agents go for nothing, or is he actually going to uh, trade for yeah. Dame? I, I, you I know, think... but I'm gonna guess if they do get Dame, ball's gonna be in his hands a decent
1: amount. I think. I think. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think. I don't think Dame's gonna be setting screens on the weak side. I don't it, think. Jimmy
0: Butler gets to touch the ball a fair amount. I think if
1: it's Pat <laughs> Riley, he's a
0: sharp guy. Like you know, smart, smart coaching tree he has with uh, Eric Spolstra and you know all that Oof. too.
1: Yeah. All right. Again, uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, the way that you guys have so far this offseason. Shouts to James Harden for giving us some content here on August fourteenth. Um Oh yeah. And I, if you want to check out the definitive read on the James Harden situation,
0: you gotta go to silverscreenroll.com. Yeah. There is an article from Jacob there uh just on whether or not the Lakers should train for James Harden, just sort of like giving it a lot of thought. You should go check it out. Um, you know, I, I think it's worth your click.
1: I actually um I actually thought it was a little long, personally
0: yeah you know i mean but if you listen to it it's easier to get through if you hit the autoplay yeah. button and it reads it for you it, it, yeah. it breezes by pretty fast
1: yeah you should have like multiple versions of the audio version um yeah where it's like different different snippets of somebody saying repeating what the what the article said all right yeah um again that is harrison fagan of silverscreenroll.com and, and of sb nation i'm anthony Irwin, and we will talk to you in the next couple of days uh i am also getting ready to head out on vacation as well so we're going to start a, a new project that we're going to do here called the re preview, uh, series as we have so many Lakers that we, um, are going to be back next year. So we are going to, uh, review their last season and preview how that is going to lead into next season. I promise it'll make more sense once you start here. Yeah,
0: you got to You got to work on that name. I'm going to be honest. I'm not enough of a company man for you to, uh, yeah. you know, to to like not slander it on air. I, I think I would lose credit with the audience. I think I think we could work on that one. We're going to workshop it.
1: Repreview series, everybody. Re-preview The rereading previews. <laughs> the system. Everybody. Yeah, yeah there you go. To it's to the system. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> do